Party people, welcome to the Party Podcast, hosted by the Party Boys, Mike and Skip. We got a Party Podcast coming at you. Skip, what's up? What's the haps? Uh, well, it's been two weeks since we last met. It has been. Uh, and we'll get to that because I think you went on a uh, you went on a binge trip. I did. Um, I went on but, a cool trip. But first, let me talk about what I've been up to, which isn't a whole lot. Um, I've been playing a whole lot. I have been playing a whole lot of The Witcher 3. I'm playing my second playthrough. I'm nearing the end of the main story, and then I'm going to move into the expansions finally. I just wanted to get through the main story before moving into the expansions again so that I could pick up all the side quests and stuff that I missed. Blood and Wine uh, just came out, right? Yeah, like just like two days ago. Okay. Uh, so, I heard it's really good. I mean, yeah, I've heard Michael's both of them are really, really good. raving about the second one. Yeah. Uh, it's a whole new area, like a huge area with a city and everything. The size of Velen? They said, I think they said it was about the size of Ellen, yeah. Damn. Okay. So, yeah, That's it's good. it's it's a big expansion. Um, I'm really, really excited for it. Uh, and did you see the trailer for The Witcher 3 that um, it was a just a CGI cinematic trailer with, yeah, like, the, yeah. the woman singing and then she turns into, like, a monster of I some sort? The, the main menu of the game, which usually shows Geralt, like, sitting by a fire or something like that, well, it still shows him sitting by a fire, but he's in the new area. And in the background, there's a barn that looks like the one in the trailer. And it has a woman walking back and forth in the entrance of the barn. And she's singing that song. So I wonder if there's, like, I wonder if that quest happens in the... Anyway, Maybe. conjecture. But um, I'm really looking forward to playing that. It looks awesome. And it, I think it's about vampires, which is one of the coolest things in The Witcher. Their, like, iteration of vampires is, is really great. Like, I just played a side quest where there's a vampire who prefers drunk people. It's like an uh, alcoholic vampire. <laughs> so it looks for blood with alcohol in it. And so it, like, stalks the bar. That's and to cute. kill him, you have to get drunk and wander around outside of the bar singing loudly to attract it. <laughs> it's, it's great. I love that game. Um, that and I game also... Puts- Good little twists on all the classic like fantasy creatures. Yeah, exactly. Like, the werewolves are done really well too. Yeah, it's it, everything about that game is fucking great. Um, uh, and the books I've been I've finished the first uh, book, which is a compilation of short stories, and it was good. I'm a little bit of the ways through the second one, which I think is a novel, not a compilation. I don't know, but um, I've enjoyed them so far. Uh, not much else to say about that, really. Um, I also forgot to mention, I think this was like a, a few weeks ago, but I, I don't think I mentioned it. Did I mention I, I tried the, the new Rocket League game mode with where it's basketball? You said it sucked, right? No. Wait, who said, somebody played that and told me it sucked. I like it. I don't, I mean, I haven't played a whole lot of it, um, but I like it. It's, I think oh, it's only Maybe it was a new two. Rocket Lab you were talking about that wasn't hoops. I don't know. You could just go on. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, but uh, it's yeah, it's hoops, and so the the goals are they're like uh, they're not very high off the ground, and they're pretty large, um, and you can drive under them, but the ball can't roll under yeah. it. Like they have invisible walls where the balls hit. I played a and, couple um, games of it. Yeah, it's it's actually pretty fun. I don't know. I just like that they're supporting that game and trying all sorts of wacky new shit, which is exactly what you should do with that kind of game. Yeah, I uh, heard that they're adding a game mode with like pillars. In the middle the, of the field, I, I, they can do whatever they fucking want. That's the wonderful <laughs> thing about it, um, and it keeps me coming back. Like every time they update, it's like, oh, I gotta try that out. Uh, and so, God, and my, apparently my brother-in-law and his friends are super into it, but they're on the PS4. Um, I need to get them on a PC. <laughs> but uh, 
yeah, it's it's that that's the kind of game you can introduce to someone who doesn't play a lot of games and they'll they'll like it. But anyway, we've talked a lot about that before. Um, I also this wasn't for this was weird. I forgot about Memorial Day, but I was rewatching Band of Brothers just out of coincidence. Like something reminded me of it, and then I found out there's like a marathon on Memorial. Like suddenly everyone was talking about it on like Twitter and shit, and I was like, what the hell is going on? Because I was just rewatching it for no reason. Um, but anyway, I rewatched Band of Brothers. So the whole you series. accidentally honored the troops. Exactly. Okay. I I accidentally. I mean, I accidentally became patriotic and was overwhelmed with the urge to, uh, yeah, to to remember our fallen veterans. But uh, yeah, uh, Band of Brothers is really, really, really good, and I love it. Uh, I've been I don't know rewatching kind of related Generation Kill. That's another good one. I don't know if so I ever good. completed it, but I watched most of it. Um, the last episode's the best. Episode. Another one that I didn't complete, but I was enjoying is The Pacific. It's not as good as Band of Brothers. It's not as like cohesive. That's the Spielberg um, one, right? Yeah, I mean, it's the same. It's mostly the same people who made Band of Brothers, but uh, it just doesn't have that same emotional connection. I feel like, like you don't get connected with the characters as well, and it just. But it would be really interesting to see that side of the war because it's not very, it's not portrayed very often. Um, so I, 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 I might check out the Pacific too, but, uh, God, Band of Brothers, man, mm, it's good. The, the episode with the medic where he's running around during, uh, Bastogne and, and he's hopping between foxholes and stuff. And it's, it's cool. Like they just give you glimpses of, they kind of revolutionized how you do like a war movie, even if it's not a movie. Um, just some really creative stuff. I, I, Cannot recommend that more. If you haven't seen Bader Brothers, you need to see it. Um, and that's it for me. I don't think I have anything else to talk about. So ugh, let's talk about your apparently Eventful busy two, weeks. two weeks. Eventful. So I'll go one by one. I went out to Vegas, Sin City, uh, for the first time. Well, actually, I had gone before, but not when I was old enough to gamble or do anything. Right. So this was like my first real, you know, trip to Vegas. And... <laughs> My first night, I went out. It was me and my dad, and we nice. went down to downtown Vegas, Fremont Street, with like all the super cheap tables, like five dollar blackjack, and um, I fucking killed. I won <laughs> seven hundred dollars. Really? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Damn. Nice. And uh, <laughs> it was fucking great. Like I was playing craps and blackjack and roulette, and this um this black guy at the blackjack table next to me who was like super smashed on Hennessy was trying to sell me cocaine. It was, it was nice. That's he a said, real Vegas I got the shiniest shit on the strip, <laughs> man. Like okay, yeah, really fun night. Um I learned like that you're not supposed to hold the dice for craps with two hands because then oh. they get like freaked out. So you have to do it with one and you have to make sure the throw. Are they afraid that you're like throwing it in a certain way? If well, you hold yeah, it? they're super strict about that. So they had like four people standing at the table and it was only me and my dad playing on it. And um, my dad tried to get fancy with his throws because he's yeah. like, you know, show me how it's done. <laughs> and he accidentally threw one off the table. Oh, and no. they had like this procedure for. for um, getting it back like they had one of the dealers pick it up and give it to a pit boss who like inspects it and then puts it away um, just wow. re really interesting really overwhelming too like with all the different lights and just cocktails coming to you constantly like I guess that's the idea right yeah yeah <laughs> it was a really fun experience now I didn't just straight up win like the last night I was there um, I wanted to try again I wanted to try to gamble some more so I just took 80 bucks down to a blackjack table 
lost it all almost <laughs> as fast as you possibly could. And I'm like, okay, uh, time to stop. <laughs> so, yeah, that was my, my gambling experience there. Um, went to the Hoover Dam, saw Beatles Love, that show. Um, which was cool. It was like a Cirque du Soleil thing. The music is better than the actual performance, but it, it was cool. Um, and yeah, that's about all I have to say about Vegas. Don't want to tell vacation stories all day. Um, I watched The Big Short. The movie about the financial crisis came out last year. Oh, I thought it was yeah. a really cool movie. Um, it, but I think a lot of that just comes from that being stuff I'm really, really interested in, the subject matter. Right. Uh, um, What's I, the I, perspective I, in that movie? Like, who, 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 are you, who are you following? So you follow three different, like groups i'd say there's um what's his name fuck i can't remember that christian bale you follow mm-hmm. christian bale's character who he's like a numbers whiz and he was the first guy to delve into what are called collateralized debt obligations and look at the individual loans in them and see that they were founded on shitty loans that when the adjustable rates would kick in people would go delinquent on and it would cause everything to collapse so you follow him and everybody doesn't believe him because he's betting Classic. against the housing market, which is always so strong. Yeah. And so, like, his investors get pissed at him for making these crazy bets, they think. Um, then there's Steve Carell's character. He's, like, this really angry Jewish guy who um, runs a fund at Morgan Stanley. And he kind of, like, has it out for the banks. He kind of hates himself, too. And... Um, so yeah, he's got that more like moralizing perspective on it. Ryan Gosling works with him though. He's kind of like a classic Wall Street asshole. I didn't realize it was so star-studded. Yeah, yeah. And then there's these two real young investors from like Colorado who had like a successful strategy of making pessimistic investments. People they thought that people undervalue um the things that they don't they underestimate the probability of things they don't want to have happen happen. Right. So they just bet pessimistically. And it's a true story, or I bet like Hollywood true, but they actually break away and face the camera and explain, okay, this oh. really isn't how this happened, but we're just doing it this way for the movie. So they break the fourth wall and yeah. tell you like, by the way, this is dramatized. Yeah, like there's a scene Weird. where they, they find this brief in the lobby left over um, and they just happen upon it. And then one of the guys faced the camera and was like, that's not really how it happened. Uh, my friend, he was at a lecture and he heard about it, and then I read about it in Investor's Quarterly. Interesting. So, yeah, it's a cool movie. Um, directed well, and I think most importantly is it doesn't take the um, the super cynical – well, I guess it is pretty cynical, but kind of it's, not, about it's not the <laughs> Occupy Wall Street kind of right, right. tone. It's more of like institutional failure kind of tone. Yeah. Uh, so, cool movie. I recommend it. I also saw Raging Bull. That movie's a masterpiece. Oh, uh, Martin Scorsese. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the black and white boxing movie with... Um, Haven't seen it. It's really good. Don't want to talk much about it, though. Not much to say. Just uh, as good as people say it is. I played Uncharted 4. It's the best Uncharted game. Uh, you know, it continues the series' completely baffling lack of pacing ability <laughs> like right i've heard that yeah, yeah they can't do it right in any of these games they always screw up something and this time instead of padding out the end they pad out the beginning 
So yeah, I at first I when I was playing it, I actually kind of had buyer's remorse. <laughs> like I paid right. sixty bucks for it, and you know it's just endless platforming on these nondescript gray cliffs while you talk to your brother who's basically exactly the same as Nathan Drake and so there's like no real dynamic there it's just kind of flat like one character will say huh I think we should drop down there huh you don't want to break your legs there Nate and it's just the same energy from both of them back and forth but it gets a lot better and it has by far the best action set piece in the series um, in the form of the car chase I think they showed part of it at E3 where um, you're kind of driving through the city and you're... Yeah, you're bashing through a bunch of walls yeah, and shit. I don't know if they showed the second part of that, which is the most impressive part. It stops when you're swinging down, like, around the bridge and you yeah. hit into some boards and that's when it cuts to title screen or whatever. The part after that is the best action that's, set piece. Yeah. Where you grapple hook onto a, like, crane truck Yeah. and then uh, you kind of get pulled through the, the slums and are literally being dragged through the mud yeah. by uh, a whole convoy of vehicles and you have to crawl your way up but people start shooting at you so then you're like skating on the mud and <laughs> half standing and like shooting people at the same time right. and then you jump from car to car and get on a motorcycle and it's just this elaborate sequence um, and then the rest of the game continued that standard of quality nothing quite that good that was the high point by far but the rest of the game was substantially better than the first part um, you know video games in general I think indie games, uh, indie games have found a niche where they can get away with, not get away with, they can more easily find uh, how their game is paced and make it feel like a, a nice cohesive experience. AAA games have trouble with that. Uh, like I can't think of a whole lot of games that do have good pacing if they're more than like six hours. Um, yeah. It, I feel kind of bad for him because it's like, how do you do that? I mean, it's a video game. It's an interactive medium. You don't know when people are picking it up and playing it and putting it down. Uh, you don't know what parts people are getting stuck on, that kind of thing. How do you, you know, if you're not like Portal where you can finish it in one sitting, it's got to be really, it's got to be a huge challenge to keep the pacing natural feeling. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised that TV shows do it as well as they do as well. Like, it's... That's that's a tough issue. Once you move past, like, oh, people probably aren't going to finish this in one sitting, what do you do? Um, I, I have a lot of sympathy for them for that. Yeah, some developers can do it, and some can't, and Naughty Dog just d- cannot figure it out. Um, yeah. And it's not just, like, the gameplay sequences in terms of how interesting the scenarios are that they pace poorly. It's also the gameplay itself. So they introduced a much more um, in-depth stealth system than the other games. It kind of carried over that Last of Us kind of stealth where enemies oh, okay. remember your last known position and things like that. Um, at first, it's kind of stupid because there's just lots of big open spaces and not much you know, room to actually use the stealth. It just is a lot of waiting around for people to be alone and just not all that great. But then later, you go to the jungle and it's actually really, really fun to yeah. stealth completely. And that's something the series, you could always kind of stealth for like a second, but then you'd inevitably get caught up in a shootout. This time, you can go all stealth, and it works. That's cool. So yeah, really cool game overall. Best story of the series. Um, you know, nothing to write home about, but it's, you know, it, Spe- there's stuff going on. 
which is more than you can say for most of yeah. these games. Speaking of uh, pacing issues, another thing about Witcher 3, in my second playthrough, this has been very apparent. In my first playthrough, it was also... There was a certain spot, and we've mentioned this, there's a certain spot where I stopped playing half half because MGS5 came out and half because... It, it, it's a point where like the it gives you a quest with like five objectives and you have to do each objective and each objective is its own little storyline and it's too much you you feel overwhelmed you don't want to do all like you don't know where to start and and it's like it's like 20 hours into the game where you're like oh god I've, I'm getting a little burnt out if you've been playing a lot of it um, which part are you referring to the dandelion quest in Nova oh, right. you're trying okay. to find dandelion that was about where I stopped for a couple of It months. seems like that's where yeah. most people stopped the first time. Uh, and, and I think a lot of that does have to do with most people were around that point when Metal Gear Solid Five came out. But um, it, it is a stopping point. It's like a point where people kind of go, okay, well, I'll finish this tomorrow, and then they never pick it back up. Uh, and then there's a couple other points like that in the game. And then there's one quest, not quest, well, not one quest. There's one sequence in particular where you... You you have to enter the Isle of Mists, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but uh, it tells you, like, oh, you might fail some quests if you do this quest. Uh, turn back now unless you're done with everything, and then continue on. And when you continue on, the the next, like, five hours are basically linear, not linear, but but you're stuck in the quest. You can't just, like, break out of it and go explore or anything. Like, you're just doing quest after quest after quest after quest and and that's terrible pacing it really weird for like an open world game and everything it's just a really really weird design choice and that that game has bad pacing like just bad pacing definitely but uh yeah definitely as kai talo says in the in the chat it's still a great game definitely uh that does not at all um ruin it or anything it's just it's just bizarre um i get there yeah uh so you how far are you in the moisture three i uh, just recently broke Yen's heart up mm. on the boat. I forgot you're a Triss guy. Oh my god. Well, I'm going to play both. I'm going to replay them. But Witcher wow. 2 was the first one I played, so I didn't really yeah. care that much about Yennefer. I sure. only met Yennefer in this game. Yeah. So, whatever. Well, um, if you're They're there... So you're in Skellige. Yeah, I think I'm finishing up Skellige. I think I'm... Did you do the quest where you find the king's children and what they're trying to do to prove their worth to become the successor? Not yet, but I just finished the garden quest. Where it's technically an optional quest, I think. But that, um, that one's optional. The the the, the one the with the king's yeah. the king's children. Um, I, I want to see how that. But it does it well, and it it also affects the main quest. Like if you do it, then it affects the main quest. There's a yeah. lot of that kind of stuff. Um, it's definitely worth doing. Uh, it's a good quest. It's okay. There's there's one part in particular in that where it's like it just really cool to me. Um, but uh, like each, that's one thing that uh, that The Witcher Three also does really well is each segment, like each kind of uh, quest line or little storyline, has something about it that is just really memorable and really great, um, really unique, and 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 none of it feels like it just drags. I. I I appreciate that about that game. But anyway, continue on with all your your bullshit. <laughs> it's not bullshit. It's my life. Yeah. Okay. So, it's about all I have to say about Uncharted 4. Um, I bought a new Nintendo 3DS XL just on a complete impulse with some of my Vegas money, um, and I got, or my brother lent me 
um, Majora's Mask 3D, and I've been playing through that again, and it's so much better on the 3DS. It benefits a lot from the changes that they make. Yeah. Um, like, one of the most cumbersome parts of that game was the notebook. So there's a lot you have to keep track of, of, like, where NPCs are going to be at certain times of the day, and when you need to get to certain places to trigger quest events and it's a lot to keep track of and so i remember playing through it the first time as a we we won i had an actual physical notebook that i kept yeah. with me so i could write this stuff down because it was just so cumbersome to go through those slow menus and but now on this baby you can just keep that stuff on the bottom screen and the map you can have there too and the controls are leagues better there's a little c-stick nub so you can actually have for the first time in the series legitimate dual analog stick controls so that you can look around um it makes a so big difference for this notebook does it automatically update or do you update it it updates with certain information but it's not as explicit as something like a skyrim quest log right, where it right. puts an objective marker at certain places and describes everything that you know and everything you have to do. It's more like a, a, not a list but a collection of information about yeah. what a character wants or um, what they're trying to accomplish or where they'll be. And yeah, it, you can also view like a schedule view and all of that stuff is new or at least the format is new. It's been a while since I played it but Overall, really, really liking what they changed. Sounds like a pretty good balance, because like I, I, part of me says I, I wasn't a fan of Zelda games, but um, I just didn't play them. I'm sure I would have liked them if I did. But uh, those old games where there's those tedious things about them where you're having to keep a separate notebook and stuff yeah. like that, part of it is just tedious and you hate it, and you definitely don't want to do it in the modern context of like all these games that do that kind of stuff for you. But at the same time, like that's part of the game, and that's part of a lot of those tedious things that I had to do during that time of of, of the gaming yeah. industry, I, I, I kind of ha it's nostalgia, but you, there's a, there's an appealing aspect to it where it feels like I don't know endearing. Yeah, but, uh, I think I think they struck a good balance here. Um, yeah. I know just because of the complexity of some of the quests, I might still write a couple things down, but it's to the point where you you got to figure some things out and think critically about the information that you have but it gives you enough that the N64 version didn't so that you can keep track of that information easier and put it together into useful actionable quests yeah someone in chat says I always played Morrowind with a notebook that's something that I think was a was a flaw in Morrowind and and that's coming from someone who that's one of my favorite games ever but it had a journal but the journal was in chronological order. So, like, you you update a quest with more information, it just gives you that one update as the latest entry in the journal. And then you're on to the next thing. And so if you want to, like, go back and find something, you have to figure out, like, when it happened and just go back page, 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 and find out. Like, it, it was just a nightmare. And I think they eventually updated the game to, uh, to separate it by quest lines or something like that, which was a lot better, but... At launch, it was not a good system. Somebody, sorry, somebody corrected me. Um, yeah, Wind Waker, and I guess Twilight Princess 2 did have the dual analog. I don't know why I felt like this was the first one with it. I guess because it's so much better, 
it's such an improve an obvious improvement to have dual analog controls in a game that never had it that for some reason I just started thinking that way. But I wasn't. It sounds like the it sounds like the the update is a, is very similar to the one they did with uh, Wind Waker. Because so I played the original Wind Waker on on a I streamed it and the chat everything that I would complain about in that game the chat would be like oh yeah well the 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 update fixed that the HD remake so yeah the changes I'm noticing in this are a lot more substantial because I, I have okay. the Wind Waker HD and there are a lot of clear improvements in that game yeah. but there's there's more changes in Majora's Mask and they're not changes to design even though there's some of that it's just little pieces of streamlining like the bank is now in South Clocktown so it's easier to access and just a lot of tiny changes like that that add up to a much more enjoyable experience, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's Majora's Mask. Liking it. Good. And uh, so Skippy, Skippy knows about this, and I don't want to get too specific, but um, I got a big boy job. Uh, yeah. I yeah. landed a, um, a pretty big deal kind of job, and... Uh, I'll be starting in like two weeks. And Making the big bucks. Yeah. Don't need the I'm, podcast I'm anymore. Really excited. <laughs> yeah. You know. Real <laughs> life, man. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, I'm a big boy. Congrats. Now. I can wear my big boy pampers. I roasted the shit out of you on Twitter about it. Um. Yeah. <laughs> totally. You totally pwned me, man. <laughs> I got epic pwned. Yeah. Can somebody put a 100? I got all the faves. Fire emoji down there. That'd be nice in the chat. Um, okay, Overwatch. Yes, Overwatch. Have you been playing it? None at all. I haven't really? bought it. Really? I, I, I don't think I want it. I know it's good, and I take everyone's word for it, and I'm sure I would enjoy it. I don't want to buy it. I, I just... Let me tell you, before you start talking about it, let me tell you my reasons. And this is coming from someone who hasn't played it, and who has done kind of minimal research on it. First of all, it seems to me there is a lack of uh, like maps, basically. Like each game mode has like a few maps. Uh, not a huge deal because it seems like the maps are pretty uh, expansive and and have a lot of diversity to them. Uh, but I'm paying forty dollars, which hey, at least it's not sixty. But it just seems like a pretty bare bones game. Uh, it's kind of the same thing that was stopping me from buying Siege in that aspect, which is like. I still almost, not not regret, but I bought Siege at $40, and I was like, uh, it still seems like not a lot of content. Um, also, so it's Team Fortress 2. From what I can tell, it's Team Fortress 2 with, with more interesting classes that have abilities and stuff like that. Uh, and I loved Team Fortress 2, but the days of Team Fortress 2 are long gone, and I don't know that I can play, like, I don't know if I could pick up and play another Team Fortress 2 now. Like, that kind of game again. Like, it just kind of feels like that that time is over. <laughs> and and I just don't want that in my life right now. I don't know. Uh, it, there's a lot of... It, it feels like that game, by the look of it, is so designed around let's appeal to the most common denominator and make it super, super casual to the point where I've heard of people playing it on PC with a controller and having no problem. And that's just, ugh, it gives me, it gives me chills. I don't like that. But uh, I don't know. It looks cool. It looks polished. But, eh. Okay. 
in order. Uh, I don't think the game is sparse for content at all. Um, it has, uh, from what I can recall of the maps in the game, there's about as many as there were in Team Fortress 2 when that came out. Maybe more. Um, the yeah. maps are all interesting. I remember the layouts for all of them. I've got, you know, you memorize it very quickly because they're very well designed. They all feel very different from each other, and they all sort of move the match along in a different sort of way. They each have their own, I wouldn't call them quirks because they're not that, you know, um, specific to each one, but they're just little dynamics that the shape of the map will introduce into any given game. Um, so, yeah, I think there's quite a bit of variety in the, the maps that are in the game. There's really, like, three kind of game modes. There's King of the Hill, Capture Point, Payload, and then there's, like, a hybrid of the Capture Point and the Payload. I don't really need more than that. I mean, I'd appreciate it, but, you know, it's something that I would be totally fine getting in updates later. Um, what else? What you were talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah. So $40. I've been seeing lots of articles on some of our favorite websites like Polygon, Kotaku, and they have similar headlines like, is Overwatch really worth $40? Um, and you know, I think it pretty obviously is. And I'm not saying that it's a game for everybody that everybody will enjoy because some people don't like first-person shooters, some people don't like the very character-specific stuff. You said that it's a little stale for you now because you've had your fill of TF2. I'll get to that yeah. point in a second. But for the amount of time that you can put into this game and enjoy it, it's more than worth $40. Um, mm -hmm. I can easily see myself playing hundreds of hours of this game. Um, it, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't really get the argument there that it's not worth $40 for whatever reason. Is it just because it's multiplayer only? I mean... No, it's not... So it's not just a factor of it's not worth $40 because this is how much content it has and it doesn't have a single-player campaign and all that stuff. This is the amount of maps and this is the amount of characters. It's... To me, a lot of the $40 stuff, and I think this is true for a lot of people, it comes down to that game has entirely the look and feel of a free-to-play game. And Team Fortress 2 is a free-to-play game, by the way. And... It has the look and feel of a free-to-play game. Care to yes, elaborate? you've got tons of skins apparently just a huge amount of skins like you can change the skins of the characters and the guns and all that crap um, so skins that's a huge free-to-play thing definitely it's a blizzard game who are the makers of fucking uh, hearthstone which is their biggest thing right now which is a free-to-play game and I just feel like that's the direction that it'll inevitably go in being a $40 release multiplayer only game full of skins that are unlocks that are and it, it's totally ready to be updated and then slowly merged into a free to play it just feels it feels like I'm going to play $40 for it and then I'm going to get it's going to get the same treatment that Team Fortress 2 got except it'll be even it'll be accelerated because that's already an existing uh uh format an existing path for those games to go down I I just Ugh. I, 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 so, I see it going more the way of CSGO. 
CSGO is not a free-to-play game. It's got a shit ton of skins, um, way more gambling elements than uh, than even Overwatch has. Um, Overwatch has a cash shop for monetization. You can buy uh, loot crates. Loot, they never call them loot crates. Loot boxes. Loot crate is that uh, stupid company that sponsors We're every sponsored podcast by loot in the crate, world. By the way, so uh, lootcratestamps.com, Dollar Shave Club, crate. sign up. Uh, but you're lagging really bad. I well, what am I gonna do about it? <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> oh, I Go can on. see it happening too. The frames are just leaking, like a boat, like a rickety boat. Yeah. But uh, what were you saying about? Oh yeah, the look and feel. Okay, so the actual design of the game is not like a free-to-play game. It's got that tight, original, vanilla TF2 design of each character has one kit. You know exactly what you're getting into. Can you still hear me? Team Fortress 2 changed, though. Yeah, I can still hear you. Okay, Team Fortress 2 changed, and there they go. Okay, I feel yeah. like it's inevitable that, that Overwatch is going to go down the same path. I, don't th- I think that's kind of... A, a, a guess. I, I don't think it's inevitable. I think it's it's possible. Uh, I don't. I don't really see a reason that it's particularly. Why likely. are you lagging so bad? This uh, is almost I, impossible knew, to talk to you. If I knew, I would do something about it. Jesus. Um. I can hear most of what you're saying anyway. But so yeah. I. It's just too similar to Team Fortress Two, and I was burned on Team Fortress Two. Man, burned. Burnt real bad, and uh, and I think you're wrong there too. I think what that it's similar there. to Team Fortress Two? No, not that it's similar to Team Fortress Two. That it's too similar to Team Fortress Two. It is saying, a okay. character-based shooter where the classes have roles, and so it's similar in that way. However, I think that the number of heroes is it introduces a significant difference, and that difference is there aren't roles that your team has to fill every time. If you're playing like a 9-player Team Fortress 2 match, like a capture point match, you want an engineer, you want a medic, you want a sniper, you want a soldier, a scout, and everybody needs to do their jobs and it's clear what jobs need to be done. In Overwatch, you have 6 players, and what is it, like 16 heroes to choose from? And so it becomes less about, we need to fill these roles and they have to be done this way you still have the same roles right you still have the healer the dps the defender well because that's about all the permutations of ways to manipulate i know but i'm just saying like in a video game you're just saying that like okay the medic is split up into three different classes but they all do the effectively they they do the same thing they don't and that's part of what makes it interesting so for example there's mercy the very traditional medic she's got a beam that heals people and can do double damage if you want then there's Lucio, the guy who looks like he's from Jet Set Radio, and he also heals, but he does it in a different way. He heals a radius around him constantly. So not only is that just changing the way that he heals, it changes the way that the team moves through the map. So if you play with the Lucio, it means your team's staying closer together. However, if you're playing with Zenyatta as a healer, he's incredibly low on health, but he can give a person... Um, indefinite healing 
So he gives you a harmony orb, and it just stays with you, and you continue to get heals no matter where this healer is. So that encourages a team to spread out. And so that sort of dynamic exists for all the different roles, that there are certain things that need to be get done that need to be done, but they can be done in different ways. Ways that are substantially different in gameplay terms. But in the end, you're playing the exact same game modes as Team Fortress 2, which I'm not criticizing the game for being like Team Fortress 2. I, I think, I think it's, it took way too long for games to do the Team Fortress 2 style of, of gameplay. But you're, you're doing those exact same game modes. The maps look like they're about the same size. And the flow of the game looks almost exactly the same, where it's like you, you enter these choke points, and you're having to run back. Like, like the defending team has to run back. And it, it just looks real similar, and that's why I, I, I foresee the future. as far as it goes. I think it looks real but similar. But I think that's a really important. I mean, that's the core similar. of the game. The look? The core. No, okay, well, the look. So here's another thing that I didn't mention. <laughs> I, at first, I didn't care. At first, I didn't care at all uh, that that it had kind of shitty everything. Like, it just the whole style shitty of it was just—it's just shitty. It just sucks. No, I, it, it sucks. It, it sucks. It doesn't. It has no consistency whatsoever. There is absolutely no consistency in yes, the in there the. Is. It, it except for the slightly cartoony look. You've got characters that are completely different with no. Like, who are these fucking people? You've got the guy with the fucking boombox. You've got a robot shooting orbs. You've got a fucking super serious dragon <laughs> guy. You've got the fucking die, die, die. That Everything guy is so happy. funny. One of the and, funniest and characters and it, in recent looks, memory. God, if it played with that, like, if it, if it felt like it knew it was stupid and it was it trying does. to be it's stupid. Pretty <gasps> like, that is the it's edgiest It's so serious. Character. It's that's, so serious. That's why it's funny. If he was cracking uh, jokes, it wouldn't be as funny. He has to be totally dead serious, Shadow the Hedgehog, Hitler, Edgelord, the the teleporting behind you and constantly. unloading on, like, spinning around with little shotguns. Like, In the game, they're so always, like, funny. having this banner and stuff, and it just sounds so forced and it's, terrible no, to me. It's not. It sounds awful. I hate it's, it. They I don't. It. They don't. You say <laughs> that they always banter. They banter in the spawn once every, like, three games or so, and you hear one line. Ugh. I just... And, ugh. and I think that the visual design is pretty consistent. The characters look pretty different from each other. It's definitely not as as coherent as Team Fortress 2. That had a very specific artistic direction. And the, and the it skins... Did it perfectly. The skins completely changed the characters in some cases, too. Like, the die-die-die guy like turns into like a guy with like a skull cap or something? That's just without a mask. But it looks completely different. Like it, it, it completely changes it like who he is. No, it doesn't. It changes nothing. Well, sorry. It does change the look, but it doesn't change the silhouette, and that's the important thing. Okay, I'm not talking about the gameplay, though. I'm just talking about the style of it. I just despise it. I hate it. I, I hate it. It started I, with I those cinematic that trailers that are all awful. personal preference. It is. You're right. But it's my preference, and my preference is that I hate it. Okay. okay. <laughs> um... Yeah, I think there's something, there's some problems with the visual design. Like, things can get very noisy in team fights, um, but that's also part of the enjoyment of it, or how uh, just chaotic things can yeah, get. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little chaotic. Of the game. Yeah. Um, I don't know, I just, 
I think you're you're a hater. Would you That's what would I you think. be able to tell the difference between the characters very easily if it didn't have their names in the certain in red or yeah. blue above their head? Yeah. Because to me, glancing at it, it it just looks because no because you can see if your teammates see someone and they have a line of sight on them and you're not there, then you see the enemy's silhouette only through the walls yeah. and I immediately know who everyone is and you learn that very very quickly casual <laughs> Ca casual because I fucking figured out something see really through obvious. walls yeah yeah that's true. I, no that's I mean super... I, I don't hate the game and I just certainly don't hate that people like the game well I kind of hate the game but I don't hate the people like the game like I, I, I think it's fine that the game exists and that people like it but I feel like I would hate it, like everything about it. It, it just, <laughs> ugh. I and and I, I mark my words. If it doesn't go free to play, it's still gonna get barged down with so much content that it completely destroys what the game was when people enjoyed it, and and it becomes a, a fucking monstrosity. And uh, if they start, maybe Blizzard will handle that kits. better. If they start introducing new kits, I think you might be right. But the way the game is designed opens up a much more positive possibility. And that's just the addition of more heroes. The problem in TF2, once they started adding a shit ton of new weapons for every class, is that when you see a scout running around the corner, you have no idea what they yeah. can do to you. And that is a fundamental problem that can't be corrected at this point. And I However, do think that they've set themselves up for a better trajectory in that sense where, okay, we can just add more classes. And right. so if you know the classes, yeah. Exactly. They can just sure. add a new hero, and if you, if, they, if you see it, you know exactly what it can do and what it can't do and what its weaknesses are and what's strong against it. Um, just a, a little tangent. Another way that it's substantially different from Team Fortress 2 is the counterpicking element in a match. So... It, a very real part of this game is changing which hero you're playing during the course of a match. If you feel like something's not working, or if the enemy's team composition is beating yours, then you should change which heroes you're playing. And so that becomes a sort of strategic element is, okay, is our team composed in a way that can effectively play against the way the other team is composed? And should we change now that we've reached a different choke point on the map? That's a very real element of it, too. So it's not as, I guess, singular an experience as TF2 was in that way. In TF2, you kind of if you start as the medic, you finish as the medic. Yeah, like That's just general. how it goes. And you kind of are singularly directed toward the end at all times, and you're doing your job... That it's not quite the same in that way. I think that somebody in the chat there, I'm not going to read through to find the name, was correct when they said that most of the similarities are superficial. To actually play the game, it plays substantially different from TF2. Okay. So, there's one more thing, and I, I don't know the extent to which this might be true, but going along with the this is a game for casual babies um, line of thought. <laughs> so first of all, I, there's been a lot of criticism thrown around. Have you seen the hitboxes and how they're fucked up? I think that this is a little overblown from the way it looks, 
but apparently the hitboxes, like especially for headshots, the head is way bigger than it should be, and like you can like shoot over someone's shoulder and it'll kill them. Um, and it depends on the weapon and the class and all that stuff. Um, that feels like okay, whatever. It's it's a casual enough game that like it just kind of wants you to. It doesn't feel like it's going for the twitch accuracy kind of uh, gameplay, and I'm I'm okay with that. Uh, but the most serious accusation I've heard is that there's there might be some kind of, and I don't know how this would work, but there might be some kind of like rubber banding element to it where it it forces a more even match to happen. Like, do you ever get, do you ever just get like stomped, or is it yeah. always a close match? It's not always a close match. Um, but Team Fortress Two had spawn rubber banding, where yeah. the the length of the spawn timer, the respawn timer, would change depending on like what points you've captured and and things like that. I haven't actually noticed substantial differences in the respawn timers for Overwatch, so there might actually be less of that if there is any at all. Yeah, um, I think maybe more. What's keeping the games close is the actual design of the game. Um, I notice that a lot of King of the Hill games are pretty close, and I think it's the overtime that lets that happen. There's a pretty mm. generous overtime window, and so even if the other team has basically captured it, as long as there's space on that overtime bar, then standing on the point just a pixel on will stop it, and so there's lots of opportunity to come back, but I, I wouldn't say there's anything top-down yeah. Like, you know, forcing that to happen. I just heard that accusation thrown without any proof so whatsoever. But um and then but the there last are, thing... there are definite stomps. Like sometimes a team is just they f- they have you figured out, yeah. they're better. Um you well, said, good. I mean that should happen. This is a little thing. You say that it's not as Twitch gameplay focused. This is another thing I like about it, is that it totally depends on what class you're playing. Sure. There are some characters that are completely Twitch gameplay focus, where it's all about your aim and moving around really fast and pressing the right buttons really quickly and aiming in exactly the right spots. And there's other characters where you're right. If, like, for example, Lucio, you could probably play him just as well with a controller as with a mouse and keyboard. That's not true of a lot of the characters, though. That would be miserable to play as the snipers that way. Um, And a lot of the general offensive classes, too. So, um, I appreciate that it accommodates a lot of different gameplay styles and makes them useful. All right. Last thing. Uh, someone mentioned this in chat, and I've seen this. This, this is apparently true. Um, the tick rate of the servers is absurdly low. Have you heard of this? Or it's a 20 tick? That's good. No. Apparently that's that's like... Oh, I'm getting it mixed up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's that's um, that's like I want to say that's a third of Counter Strikes, or maybe even lower than that. And people complain about Counter Strikes. Um, I'm not sure. I, I don't know the technicals and that stuff, but I've heard a lot of complaints about that about how like it kind of smooths over some yeah. issues with the netcode and everything. And I've even heard of people having like weird lag issues where like you can't move for. In weird to me. times and stuff, I don't know. Maybe that's only if you don't have a very good connection. Now, but um, that could be. There, they have like the infrastructure for a competitive mode. Like there's mm-hmm. a a rank thing on your profile that doesn't do anything yet, and they said it'll come in like a month or so. So, it could be that the quick play servers 
will use a lower tick rate than the competitors. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't blame them for trying to economize that stuff, but uh, 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 do you think they'll try to turn it into an eSport? They haven't yet. I mean, I think... I know that there's some eSport shit happening with it, like marketing-wise, but... There's the potential for it to be a legitimately interesting competitive game to take a little bit seriously, but... I don't think it's ever going to be as competitive as CSGO, and I don't think they're trying for that. Yeah. I think that they just want more of, like, um, you know, there are comparisons to draw with MOBAs. Not everything about MOBAs are terrible. Um, and I guess it's kind of like if you're not playing on the professional level, rank CSGO, too. Um, I don't know what I'm saying here, but... There's a way to do ranked and competitive multiplayer without yeah. trying to pigeonhole it into being an eSport, and they right. haven't really given much indication that they're going to try to push that overly hard. Yeah, I just, I just... They seem to have learned lessons from Heroes of the Storm. I'm really curious about what the future of this game is like, and I'm, I'm also curious about how, like, uh, we're still in the overwatch craze right now like people just constantly talking about it a huge amount of people playing it i'm wondering if people are going to get burnt out on it really quickly or not um i think it's got the undertale problem already where it's just got (laughs) the community is not not very uh it's got that catchy x factor with lots of characters with loud personalities and uh it's a catchy game lots of catchy lines Lots of um, yeah, like die, die, die. That is so good. I love Reaper. He's so funny. Really, is anything funnier than a guy? I I agree. It's funny. I just don't know if I'm laughing with them or at them. Does it matter? Just laugh. Yes. (laughs) No, it doesn't matter. And you know what? I would be shocked if uh, you know. There's definitely some self-awareness there, but I'd be shocked if the writers at Blizzard we're not aware that he's maybe a little over the top. I'm sure they're aware, but I just don't know how much tongue is in the cheek there. It just... I don't know, um, but I'm really curious as to, to the future of that fucking game, and, and I really want to see how they monetize it, because they're going to try to milk that for every penny it's worth. Somebody in the chat, please create some um, 3D pornography of Reaper tongue-kissing Roadhog so we can find out exactly how much tongue is in the cheek. Um, God. God, there's so much porn of Overwatch. <laughs> I've heard. Like, I haven't seen, luckily. It must be terabytes already. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Somebody said Brew must have never played a MOBA. Everything he touches on is MOBA meta 101. I don't play MOBAs. So you're correct. Yeah, but I mean, obviously, obviously a lot of it's MOBA. I mean, the, the way that you unlock the fucking ults and all that stuff is, is, is all very MOBA. But I would not call the game a MOBA because it's yeah. it's fundamentally different. Even from even if you don't play MOBAs, you know like okay, there's not the three lane structure, there's not the uh, the the creeps and the meta game of like controlling the map and all that crap. Like it just it, it's Battleborn much is a first person MOBA. Battleborn has yes. actual creeps walking around Marketing. and towers and it's stupid yeah. as shit and matches last forty minutes it or is- whatever incredible how much of a failure Battleborn is. I knew it was going to be a failure competing against Overwatch, which was just obviously objectively better, but it is just, like, the moment Overwatch, the beta came out, people just stopped talking about Battleborn, Gearbox can do no right. Oh, 
God. There's they have fans. Gearbox has lots of fans. You know, they can still create another uh, uh, what you call it, the co-op. Yeah, they can make another. They can make a Borderlands three. They will make a Borderlands three, and it'll sell well um, because people don't understand uh, humor. <laughs> no, I mean I I hope that most people don't buy those games for the humor because dear God. But all yeah, right, a lot of people do. <laughs> enough enough of Overwatch. Um, I have at least one news thing. If you're done with your okay. bullshit, uh, excuse um, me, excuse me. This is my eSport. This is breaking news today. Uh, I'm sure maybe you've heard of it. It's finally happened. Metal Gear Solid is a pachinko machine. <laughs> it's a Metal Gear Solid 3 pachinko machine where you... F it appears by the trailer, which is all in Japanese, so I have no idea what it's saying. It appears that you might fight the bosses as you play pachinko. It's so you go through the fear and the fury... And then, uh, and then there's there's the boss at the end who gives you a speech in ultra high resolution, which was really weird looking. They all have it like very high resolution strange. faces. It looked really, really unnerving. Too um, realistic. <laughs> yeah, it was bizarre. Without uh, actually, it looked like the textures were so detailed, but everything was so unnatural and stiff. It's like. Very weird to look at. It's like at. they still use the Metal Gear Solid 3, but just added HD, HD like a, it's yeah. like the HD texture mods you get, where it's like it, trying it its like best that. with a really old engine. Yeah. Where like the number of polygons are the same, but just these super high res textures. I mean, th these had high poly counts, but it seemed like they were animated the same way. Yeah. It, this this we, was an inevitability. Yep. I mean, uh, everyone knew it was going to happen because they were going to hold on to the license yep, and they were going to make it. It's just a matter of when. Everyone knew. And this is when. Um, I'm a little <laughs> sad that I missed it. I uh, wish it could have come out a little earlier in Vegas so I could, you know, fight the boss. Uh, I did see an ad on one of the screens in one of the casinos for Konami Pachinko. And it didn't say much else. It just said Konami Pachinko. Interesting. And I, I never saw any. But you know what I did see? The ultimate gaming experience. It was in basically every casino there. It was the Big Bang Theory slot machine. Wow. It is the largest slot machine I've ever seen, besides this massive novelty one in um in the Mandalay Bay. But it's about the the height of four grown men standing, you know, foot to head. Uh it's massive huge huge high resolution screen and it's got all the big bang theory characters like why cool pose and like the indian ones holding like his magic the gathering cards up to the camera and does it uh, say bazinga it does and you know what i don't want to fuck up this quote but you basically get the entire big bang theory experience in one perfect gaming experience uh okay yeah here it is Spin the giant bazinga wheel for the jackpot. <laughs> they call it the giant bazinga wheel. And the different, like, instead of the sevens that scroll by, it just says bazinga. Great. I'm surprised. I mean, are there a lot of licensed slot machines? Yeah, okay. a ton. I, I would there assume so. A Game of Thrones slot machine. Yeah. That just like showed clips from the show and um, 
That's so Lots weird. Lots of movie-based slot machines, Wheel of Fortune slot machine. Are there, are there not a lot of... I would assume that the mobile gaming market and slot machines would have a huge Venn diagram overlap oh, as yeah, far probably. as like licensing and stuff. It seems to me there should be Angry Birds and Bejeweled and all that stuff. Those should all be... All should be, all should be uh, some kind of gambling There was some machine. kind of Bejeweled-looking thing. I don't know if it was actually Bejeweled, but... It's probably, it was probably the same kind of game. Yeah, there were... But I, I don't even know how it would, would work because, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's not... That's not how a slot machine works, but I think it's the, one of those deals where you play a slot machine and then it's just doing shit up here that's like vaguely correlated yeah. to what's happening. That's what that's what the Metal Gear Solid machine looked like. It yeah. looked like it had a big screen over it in which it shows you clips as you as you get balls or however pachinko works. Um, uh, there's some other news. Other news. There is. Uh, I know that there's. I think Xbox. This is either leaked or announced. Um, Xbox is going to do a PS4 style, more powerful version, and I think they're also going to do an Xbox Slim kind of thing, mm. uh, which basically points towards this generation being like the end of console yeah. launches, where it's going to be like, okay, now we're going to we're going to iterate. Now, I, I think that that's the direction at least they're trying to go in. Which, um, it's certainly cheaper. Yeah, it's I mean, I guess. It's cheaper to just have a strong architecture and just keep improving the hardware. Like, there's yeah. no need to develop a I imagine cell they would sell processor a lot more every six that way, years. Then you just have a constant flow. Um, yeah, it's like... I don't know. It's kind of like smartphones. I'm guessing it might be on a three times longer life cycle, but... You know, well, doesn't affect me because I only play it on the PC. Mm, PC gamers unite. Uh, and and Xbox is is going what appears to be some some lengths of effort to uh, to merge the Xbox and the yeah. PC into one thing. So that's good for PC gamers. Uh, even if you don't give a shit about Xbox games, at least you have the option. Um, oh, Skippy, it's only good for Windows gamers. On my true. Steam OS box, I can't yes. play my favorite game, Quantum Break. True. Uh, <laughs> Quantum Breaking Bad. Um, oh, other news. I'm trying to think. I feel like, I mean, we've been gone for two weeks. There's got to be more news. And, and E3 is coming up. have to be, yeah. There's more news coming at E3. There's a new Call of Duty, and they're all mad at the trailer. No, we talked about we talked that last about time. That. Um, I saw a different movie. I forgot to mention. I'll just talk about that for a second. If you think of anything, then go for it. I saw X-Men Apocalypse today. And let me just get this out of the way. Superhero movies... You're done with them. <laughs> well, no. That, that's about all I need to say. There's too many of them. Yes, there Let's are. Just, we've now moved past that. Get rid of um, them. Yeah, so <laughs> it was the most over-the-top movie I've ever seen. Absolutely ridiculous in the scale. Uh, just, it wasn't a great movie. I'm not trying to say that right now. But just like, okay, so like the Marvel movies, the mainline Marvel movies, they go for like that fun, daring adventure tone. And then there's the DC ones that are like, okay, we're going to philosophize and be dark, grim dark for two and a half hours. X-Men Apocalypse was just like a ridiculous superhero movie where they're just using their powers constantly and like Magneto rips every building on the planet Earth up from the ground and on the entire planet millions of people die and Damn. like the the villain is literally God 
it's just it's ridiculous um wow it doesn't totally work i'm not trying to say that but i you know it's some it's a middle ground between the super serious you know let's wallow in despair and the cheesy fun um it was just a straight up there's a big threat and the superheroes got to save the day not something i needed to see it was a matinee showing half price why not that's uh, weird because the last one i didn't love but had some good stuff in it i don't know if it was the last one or the one before it actually but uh one of those past ones where they're they're all young uh yeah, yeah. it was kind of small scale <laughs> You know, like it, no, it was just them the using their powers to do relatively small missions and stuff. Uh, uh, I'm just so going to spoil it. None of you should care. So cover your ears if you really care. Uh, there's a scene where Apocalypse he like uses his psychic whatever to like get into the Cerebro machine that can connect Professor X to all the people around the world, and he uses that to mind control thousands of people all across the world to launch every nuke straight up into space all at the same time. Okay. It's it's a it's a big movie. Does he realize that there's a bunch of nukes on planes? What is, no, what is... on subs every every nuclear weapon in the world. But you can't launch you can't launch a nuclear bomb from a plane to space. Maybe he turned her upside down. Who that was cares? a huge part of our nuclear strategy was putting bombs on planes. Okay, I'm sorry that... Are you telling me the, the superhero movie doesn't make sense? Let's get realistic here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't have... It's just... I don't even feel anything about it. Yeah. There was some cool scenes. That's how I feel after leaving every superhero movie ever. Yeah. I don't feel anything. Exactly. I don't feel feelings. Uh, I'm, I'm sick of them too, yeah. And, and it wasn't a bad movie. None of them really are, except for like Batman vs Superman stuff. Yeah, which I, which I can never assume is bad. Yeah, exactly. I'm not gonna see it. So, but um, the X Men movies were all right. The first one or two, I this don't remember. This was the best X Men movie. Okay. By a long shot. Whatever. But that's not really saying all that much. I apparently have weird taste in superhero movies because I really liked the uh, the Wolverine movie that everyone says is bad. Well, not the not the Wolverine movie that everyone says is bad, but the other Wolverine, the most other recent Wolverine, Wolverine movie, where he goes he goes to Japan. What? And he has a he has an adventure in Japan. Yeah. What? It ends really badly. Like the last third of it is terrible. But uh, I don't see that. I don't even. But know the what first two thirds of it make up for the last third. He has a fight on a bullet train. And so he's on top of a bullet train and it's going super fast and there's a bunch of thugs that are trying to get at him. And the wind is so powerful that like they'll jump up to attack each other and then they'll like fly down the, the train and like tumble across the top of it and he'll have to like use his claws to like stop himself and stuff. And it, there was just a lot of clever shit. It was one of the best fight scenes I've ever seen actually is that train scene. And I think that's like maybe the only reason I actually like the movie is that one scene. But you know, that's how superhero movies are. There's, so. there's some of that in this one. Where, you know, it's the kind of stuff that when you were a little kid and if someone was asking you what you wanted in a superhero movie, you would tell them, like, I want all the superheroes and they're all going to be shooting lasers and teleporting around and 
shooting yeah. all kinds of shit, and Magneto's gonna lift up every building <laughs> and kill everybody. <laughs> like, uh, it's there was a lot more like powers in this movie than any superpowers in this movie than any other superhero movie I've ever seen. Um, I think a little kid would like it a lot. It's <laughs> like most movies, it turns out, actually. What? It turns out kids like most movies. That's you probably can't true. Wrong. Well, they probably wouldn't like the big short. <laughs> true. <laughs> well, uh, all right. I don't know. I don't know if there's anything else to talk about. I was I was relying on chat to hopefully give me some ideas about news, but you nobody parasite. said anything. So there can't be anything that important. Um, when is E3? Why don't we figure that out? Like two weeks from now or one week from now? Hmm. Soon-ish. There sh- we should be seeing the new Zelda. They said that's going to be there. Yep. That's that's the only Nintendo thing that's going to be there. The only Nintendo thing? I, last I heard, that was it. That was what they were bringing to E3. Well, I hope... And apparently they would do more. like a 10-hour demo or something. That's too know. much. A 10-hour demo much. would be too much. It is way too much, but I think that's what they said. Or maybe it was eight hours. And, uh, oh, uh, what else? Oh, Last Guardian. If we don't see Last Guardian, it's time to get worried. It's canceled officially if we don't see it. After being like Wouldn't robotic. that be incredible? It would be very strange. I don't think it's going to happen. but <laughs> I think it'll come out. I'm not too worried about it. Um, but is it... Oh, Neo looked kind of cool. I didn't get to play the demo, but... Uh, did you ever yeah. see that? The um, it's it looks kind of like Dark Souls, but it's, it's like samurai. A samurai oh yeah, 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 yeah. Back in like Japan. I thought that came out. Japan. No, it was a demo. Oh, on okay. PSN. Yeah, I saw a lot of people talking about that. Oh, it seemed alright. This is a little little thing. I just wanted to mention this about Uncharted Four before we move on. Um, best looking game I've ever played. The graphics. And I'm not talking about art direction. I just mean like graphical fidelity and i know that pcs are far more powerful than a technically more powerful yes however the graphics engine they made is astounding um like some of the best lighting i've ever seen uh you know there you could probably nitpick and but just overall what they managed to show on the screen is just unlike anything it, you really it definitely just see it. from what i've seen from the videos it looks really good there's there was one video that i saw a bunch of people freaking out about i think it was like a reddit thread or something and <laughs> i don't even know why i'm bringing this up because it's so uneventful but it was just funny how people were freaking out about this and it seemed like the simplest thing ever there was like a, a hill with rocks yeah, on it rocks. Yep. and someone shot one of the rocks and then they all fell down and people were like, oh my god, look how video games have advanced. And it's just like, it was just like a really simple, like they were just right. sliding down the hill. Like, I don't know. It looked fine, but. That's the thing, though. There's lots of little touches like that. Sure. Where they don't, the game, people on Reddit make a big deal about it. But the game doesn't shove a lot of the little touches right. in your face. Um, like the shadows on water. They, huh. I didn't even know that that was like lacking in so many games. But they look exactly like a shadow on a shallow pool of water would look on a really remember, sharply hot day. Do you remember your reaction to first seeing Crisis? Oh, yeah. 
Do you remember the water in yes. Crisis and how fucking mind blowing that was? Where it, yep. it had it had the refraction, like the rainbow and everything, and it was like, holy fuck! It was amazing. It still looks good, by the way. But but does like, Crisis people... Three look all that much better? Is that what? Somebody maybe somebody else can tell me this. What is the standard for like benchmarking right now? It's not like a benchmarking tool. What game is the gold standard for? We've kind of moved quality? past. Like there was a very short period of time around Crisis where it was like, oh, this is the best looking game now, and this is the best looking game now. But uh, nowadays it's kind of like eh, it's so iffy. There still has to be one. Like even if people don't make as big a deal about it, there still has got to be that game that everybody who really cares about this kind of thing is like, oh yeah, that that's the one that will kill your system. I don't know. Are there, I mean, there's not a lot of system-killing games nowadays. Usually the system-killing games are just the games that are like super large scale, like Arma or something, where it's like, it's how much shit you can shove in one map. Um... Dwarf Fortress, yeah. <laughs> Two people answer Dwarf Fortress. But, uh, fucking Crisis, yeah, so the weird thing about Crisis, like, Crisis 3 isn't mind-blowing at all, or Crisis 2, for that matter. I've heard people say that they actually downgraded. I don't, I doubt that's true. Um, but they didn't make any, they didn't, the improvements they made weren't significant enough to to matter, really. And, uh, and it looked to me like it, what hurt them also is, like, the environments weren't as... Interesting. It, that you couldn't show it off as well with those environments, but um, that was the thing about Crisis Two. I played that. I didn't finish it because it was not fun. But yeah, uh, it's just a city. Yeah, that is not yeah. what that game exactly. Was good like, at. like, why not keep it? I, I don't know. That was weird. Um, it should have been kind of like a Far Cry thing, where it's yeah. this other, slightly different, awesome outdoor place. Uh, but the crazy thing is that Crisis One still looks like you could come out with a triple A game today that looked like Trisus one and it would be acceptable um we we really haven't moved very far i don't i don't feel like except with games like uncharted 4 where it's all like maybe not maybe stylistically is the wrong word but they've created a consistent feel to like technically it might not be that astounding because it's obviously on on slower hardware but they've managed to make it look good through T- tricks, smoke and yeah. mirrors, almost. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, that's fuck, definitely yeah. what they did Brackets. a lot with Uncharted Four. But uh, there's there's also some things that I feel like we could make look really good, but that we don't bother with a lot. Water is one of those things. Crisis made really good looking water. You never see that in games because what's the point in spending all your time making really look good looking water? Um, yeah, uh, whatever. Uh, video games. Somebody. Not video games. I'll keep it short. Somebody asked anything more to say about Berserk really fast. I got caught up. Um, many, many volumes. There's one more volume coming out in just a couple weeks, but then that's it for like two more years. This guy works so slowly. It's like eight months a chapter. Yeah. He's been going since the 80s. And so now I think I'm at that point that after they release that new volume, it's just going to be one of those things that I forget about for years at a time and then come back to and, oh, okay, there's two more chapters. I only, like, changed jobs twice and moved to a different city and got married, but at least I have two more chapters of Berserk to read. 
how long does it take you to finish two chapters? Well, I I can definitely see myself rereading, but you sure. Know, but I'm talking about like you read through it and you're like, okay, I'm done with that right now. Like, well, like how yeah. long is over is the first read through? Like of a, a chapter. chapter? You can finish several volumes in a sitting and volumes yeah. are made up of many chapters like a dozen chapters or something so that's uh, just the funny thing about i mean i i i don't think that this is a a flaw or anything but the funny thing about graphic novels and comics and stuff is that you do get through them so much faster yeah there's more to, to take in as visually and everything you can go back and look at stuff and uh, but if there's only one chapter coming out every six months then you're yeah. You're waiting six months for like a quick like, all right, and you sit down for five minutes <laughs> yeah. to finish it. That's that's crazy. It, uh, the ratio <laughs> of the amount of time it takes to produce a chapter of Berserk yeah. versus how long it takes to consume it is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, people question whether he'll ever finish. I think he will. He's like in his 40s. The George R. R. Martin of... It uh, seems like, no, that guy will never finish that ever. He's like <laughs> in his 70s and a trillion pounds obese, <laughs> and he's going to die. There's this no incentive guy, for him to finish it either, because everyone wants the TV show more than the books exactly. anyway. Kentaro Miura is a healthy Japanese diet guy in his 40s. <laughs> uh, you know, they have the longest lifespans in the world. Yeah. And, you know... It seems he said a couple years ago that he was like 60% done with the story. From about the arc of the way things have been going, that seems about accurate. We're probably a little past that now. He has time to finish it. So unless he gets hit by a bus, then I think he can do it. All right. Fingers crossed. But it'll be a long grind. <laughs> okay. If That's it, I think. If we don't have anything else to talk about, then thank you, party people, for listening to the only party podcast on the party tube party on <laughs> <laughs>